I'm Rick Bassman. And I'm Amanda Kelly, and we're both cancer survivors, warriors, thrivers. I was diagnosed at 16, stage four, and given six months to live. Four major surgeries and three years of chemotherapy held later, I made it through. And for years afterwards, I was angry at the world. I was defeated, and although I wasn't dead, I felt like my life was over. I traveled a bit of a different road, diagnosed stage 2B with a grapefruit-sized growth in my chest. Immediately, I saw the reason for what I was experiencing and the opportunity in it to become that person I always wanted to be, the one who believes in herself wholly and who wanted to dedicate her life to helping others uncover that inner faith and resilience. It took me a long time to understand that Amanda's way is not only the right way, the better way, but when it comes right down to it, the only way. Life is a beautiful and blessed gift. I believe that and feel that with every fiber of my being. And my mission is to help others to create that same gift for themselves. This gift is available to everyone who is ready to receive it. Today, I'm healthier and I'm wealthier in mind, body, and spirit than I ever imagined possible. When challenges arise, things that once seemed insurmountable I now see them immediately as opportunities to become even stronger. No matter what you are facing, you have that same strength inside of you. Together as the Cancer Warriors, we are here to lend whatever wisdom and experience we can. To see your challenge as an opportunity, no matter what you're facing. No matter how impossible it may seem, to help guide you to go from, from surviving, surviving to, to thriving. thriving. Please join Rick Bassman and Amanda Kelly for a new episode of the Cancer Warriors podcast every Friday right here on Podcast One. Also available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever else you get your podcast. We are recording. Going to take you both off screen for a second. Amanda, I'm going to bring you right back on. Hey, everybody, it's Rick Bassman here for the Cancer Warriors podcast. As always, in these early stages and as we grow and mature, I am very happy to bring on my partner and co host, the amazing Amanda Kelly. Hey, Rick. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, intro. <laughs> you know, what? I, I want to throw right to you because, folks, we were just a moment ago talking off screen, obviously, to, to our guests this evening. And Amanda was explaining so beautifully, I thought, why we're doing this podcast. And we're in the early stages here. So I think it bears repeating. Amanda, if you wouldn't mind, um, let everybody know, why are we doing the Cancer Warriors? And, and what in the world does from surviving to thriving mean? There's two questions for you. Okay, putting me on the spot, because what did I say? <laughs> You'll get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, this is about sharing stories of people who overcame. It's very much about mindset. So above all else, surviving to thriving to me very much rests on our mindset and our perspective about how we move through this very, very challenging situation in our life, how we move through crisis, turning crisis into opportunity. So yeah, we're here 
essentially giving people a platform, having conversation to share their stories, what they did to heal, to overcome. And it's a broad spectrum of people who, you know, they did that approach, they did that approach, you know, maybe stage four and the treatment wasn't working anymore. So then what, right? So we're just giving the platform to all who have such stories to provide hope and inspiration. So is that, is that what I said in a nutshell? (laughs) Well, I love it. And we'll cover everything, right? We'll cover traditional medicine. We'll cover alternative medicine. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll cover people that, that push through it, kicking and screaming like me, people Mm -hmm. that maybe take a more graceful approach like yourself. Um, But you know, my my version of it is, yeah, what, what you said. So I I need to memorize that and I'll just use that next time and just do it from (laughs) you. How's that? It's recorded. So I can go back and study. So you, you mentioned about overcoming, that's one reason, then surviving to thriving is another. Our guest tonight, I think, embodies those qualities so beautifully. Uh, I don't want to even start to introduce her story because she'll tell it so much better than I can. So without any further delay, why don't we introduce Miss Bailey O'Brien? <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, hey Bailey. Bailey. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. You're so kind and gracious. Yeah, so good to see you. It's uh other than a couple minutes before, it's been it's been a long time and you're you're looking you're looking well. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing fantastic. Better than ever. Yeah, that's, that's what we want to hear. <laughs> I know it's so great. Here's three three out of three of us here have been through probably the worst of it, right? And look, we're all doing good. And I'd agree, better than ever. That should be that should be the whole podcast right there. I think we're done. Oh, how did you get here? And there's that part. Okay. Well, well Amanda, bring bring it out. Take over, please. Yeah, I think Amanda asked me how I how I got mm-hmm. here from surviving yeah. to thriving. So my first cancer diagnosis was in my first semester of college. That was kind of like the um, maybe pinnacle of my surviving. Um, I was very, I was um, pretty anxious as a kid and growing up and fearful, a lot of fear of my future and found myself in, uh, I don't know, just, I was a very serious kid and person and I was very much into sports. So I remember even my um, my high school diving coach, he would always yell at me to smile. <laughs> um, because I didn't smile very much. Um, so anywho, I, um, my first semester away from home was very, very stressful. I cried every day and I had been a little bit struggling with, um, my relationship with food, but it came to a head there and I was just constantly, eating and binging on food, um, for comfort. Um, my, my family and my home were sources of comfort up until that point. And then I was diagnosed with stage three melanoma in my first semester, um, went through the standard treatments. I had surgery and then immunotherapy called interferon and was followed up with scans every six months until about two years later, I had another very stressful event. Um, my boyfriend and I broke up and, um, but melanoma also can, 
you know, oftentimes comes back after two years. Um, so it did. And um, I had surgery again and then radiation for a month. And then two weeks after I finished radiation, I was on a training trip with my teammates and I found more cancer. Um, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I had a lump, lump under my chin that turned out to be melanoma. And then a scan showed that it was in other areas of my body, my neck and my lung and my spine. So it was stage four. Um, I was in my senior year of college at that time. Um, I was doing, I was continuing with springboard diving um, on the, on the varsity team there. Um, but <laughs> I mean, by that time I was doing better mentally uh, than I was my first semester. I was thriving socially, academically, and athletically um, by God's grace. But, um, you know, the cancer kept coming back and I was left without hope. But my mom's friend had been researching alternative medicine and really believed that I was going to get better. We just had to find what would work for me. And of course, other people um, encouraged me spiritually. I was not really a person of faith at the time did not know what I believed about God, but had been encouraged to pray, God, if you're there, please give me a miracle. So that's what I started to do. And I ended up going to Mexico for treatment. I, uh, I did a mixed bacterial vaccine that is no longer legal in the United States um, and a very intense diet and detox regimen along with other supplements and other things that I had um, started taking at home. And my that's, really um, when there started to be a major shift in my mindset then um, because, well, spiritually I started to pray <laughs> um, and ask for God's help. Um, I started to believe in something positive for my future. There was a motivational speaker who came to speak to the athletes the day after I found out I had stage four cancer and which couldn't have come at a better time. It was a God wink for me. Um, we talked about staying positive and using adversity, um, to inspire other people. So I wanted to inspire my teammates, um, because they were at the end of the season and they had the championship meet while I, you know, chose to go to Mexico. So I missed that, but I kept in contact with them via email and, um, social media. Um, and I just, um, you know, put my faith in, in the treatments and prayed for help and um, started to be more positive. And, um, you know, by God's grace, it, it worked. And in 10 weeks, all the cancer essentially was gone from my body. And that was just the kind of like the beginning of the rest of my life and continuing to learn and grow and um, learn to be more positive and, and thrive mentally because a few years ago, I also went through a really, really difficult time mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And, um, I remember one morning waking up thinking, I, I don't think I'm going to survive this physically. Um, but I did. And again, by God's grace and I'm doing a lot better. And, um, I do continue to, to struggle with fears and negative thoughts, but, um, I'm getting a lot better at, at dealing with it more quickly and, um, and being hopeful and, and appreciative and just really 
blessed. Um, Let's um, sorry to interrupt. I want I want to go deep into mindset for a moment here, if if you don't mind. I, I heard you say I'm like listening so carefully. I heard you say the first two times you had it, you, you use the word stress both times. You had a lot of stress in your life. It's like. You know, I know for me, my the cancer I got was not environmental. It was not hereditary. Um, I'll say it sounds a little flippant, maybe, but as to make a point, I'll say that I gave it to myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's that word disease, right? Dis ease. So that's mm-hmm. what I attribute the onset of my cancer to. So the mind is a powerful thing. No, very do, powerful. Do Do you feel like you're? It's a two part question. <laughs> do the stress? Do you think is that what you attribute? your cancer too? And if so, how do you now not guilt yourself about that all these years later? Um, well, yeah, I do think it has a big role in it. There are probably a million factors and half of them I don't know about, like toxins in our food, um, the toxins in the pool I was swimming in every, every day. <laughs> um, the toxins in the air the toxins in our clothing and our in the cars and you know everywhere you turn but definitely um, my mindset and actually interesting that you said that you think you gave it to yourself my mom thought that i was going to make myself sick with the stress that i was going through and she actually prayed god please <laughs> give bailey a scare so she can figure you know figure things out and and have a better outlook. Um, and when I did end up with cancer and, um, taking a medical leave of absence, I was relieved because I didn't have to go through the daily stresses of life. So I was in, I mean, yeah. (laughs) In another way you could say, I give it to myself also. And with the guilt, I think I just didn't know any better. I don't, um, blame myself for that because I didn't, I really didn't comprehend that at the time. Good, good. I've come across so many people that uh, feel badly because they're like, I know that I did this to myself and now they're fighting that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and my, my quick answer is give yourself a break, give yourself credit that you got through this. That shows your mental mm-hmm. strength and go, go backwards and prepare yourself. Let you, you freely admit it. You still struggle each day. And I think mm-hmm. we all do to one degree or another. So how do you, Wait, I would just like to jump in there quickly because I, I just, I very much resonate with, (laughs) with Bailey, what you just said. Um, Also, as far as the guilt layer, just a quick thing to throw in there for the audience. We don't know what we don't know. So until we reach that level of awareness, of course, we cannot blame ourselves for something that we may have at some level energetically brought on ourselves because I had a similar thing where about a year prior, I remember being miserable at my job, sitting in my bedroom in Manhattan, just feeling very, very stuck. And I came across this article and it was this girl who had this really interesting story of overcoming some kind of, um, I don't even remember what it was. It was some kind of disease. And she was a coach working with people. And there I was an academic coach at the time working with students on mindset. And I, I said to myself, like, you know, that it felt much freer being a life coach or some kind of coach, a health coach. And I was like, I wish I had a better story 
so that I could be a coach, like as if I needed a better story. But I gave myself that story. I was very stressed out. Also, I had a lot of insomnia. Uh, but yeah, I I now very much so have a story. So it's like we do get what we ask for talking about manifestation. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to add that in because it seems like we kind of all resonate with that idea of we give it to ourselves on some very, very deep energetic level. So I do find that fascinating. <laughs> very interesting, Amanda. Yeah. So Rick, you were also about to ask a question. Yeah. So yeah, my, yeah, my, oh, that's perfect. And, th and thanks for, thanks for contributing to that. that. That gives so much context to the question. And it, it's this, it's like, like I said, I don't, I don't blame myself. Any, I, while I know I gave it to myself, I, I believe that with every fiber of my being, I actually almost feel like kind of cool that, hey, I beat it too. To me, that's like a bigger victory than giving it to myself as a defeat. So I, I feel I'm at peace with that. I think people aren't. Many people aren't. Bailey, you, you, you are so positive and you're so bright. How, how do you, what would you tell people that are still going through this guilt of they got themselves into this mess what would you tell them to help them out of that i love putting people on the spot by the way so you're on. <laughs> that's a that's a deep question rick um so i need to pray about that but um you know i think uh part of my questions maybe to the people who might think that is do you feel guilt um like with yourself or is it between you and God? Where, where's the guilt coming from? Um, you know, is it other people? Are you feeling guilty because you feel like other people are making you feel guilty about it? Um, or there's, you have this perception that you should feel guilty about it. Um, you know, God is, God is very gracious. And um, I think when we come into a relationship with the Lord, um, through his son, Jesus Christ, um, we can be free of all guilt and condemnation because, um, I mean, I, I, it, it also depends where a person is at spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what, you know, do you what, tell, not, what do you tell someone that doesn't have that relationship? It's just, they feel like they're in it by themselves. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've been listening to um, this guy, Erwin McManus. He wrote a book called Mind Shift, and it's amazing. I mean, I have <laughs> the concepts are amazing. He's talked a lot about them. I haven't read the book yet. It just came out this last, this week, I think. Um, but, um, you know, he's talking about changing, um, like, your internal structures of your mind and your thinking. And it's like, you know, you can change your thoughts. You can change any thought that you have. You just have to want to change it <laughs> and like reframe your thoughts. So you can just say like, I don't, ha I don't need to feel guilty about this and I'm not going to feel guilty. So let me replace this with a different perspective. Like, um, you know, I ended up in this place and now I know better and I'm going to do everything I can to work moving forward. And like you did, Rick, like, just work to to overcome it and and not do it again, and it can be as simple as something like that. Yeah, uh, uh, Amanda, 
what, what will you tell people? Same well, question. yeah, it is a matter of perspective and to, ju to just, I mean, there, there could be a lot of layers to it, but inner child layer could be something to look at. And then it can be very simple as just shifting your mindset. And then if it, if it doesn't seem that that's taking inner child work, um, you know, doing some inner child healing and telling your inner child that it's okay and they're safe and they're forgiven and there's no shame for anything that they might've felt shame for growing up, you know, or guilt, because there's some subconscious things that go on a lot of the time. We don't know the root of it. And then affirmations can help. And doing that very deliberate subconscious reprogramming can be helpful. So I'm just throwing a lot out there as far as if things are not shifting, those are routes to consider, but it can be simple and it can be just a daily practice as well. Like, you know, looking in the mirror and smiling at yourself and, and you know, saying that you are perfect as you are and you are loved and all sorts of things like this, you know, whatever feels aligned, whatever comes to you. So, yeah, and it's a crazy world out there right now. So <laughs> sometimes these little things can make a very big difference. Between the two of you, that's like just so many great ideas. And like my, one of my biggest takeaways from that is for people out there who, who are going through it, whatever degree of it is, there's so many options, right? There are so many ways out, out of this or so many ways around it. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, of course, I'm a little more elemental as always, Amanda, than than deeply spiritual. Like some people I know, like my two friends here, <laughs> tend to be a little more old in the china shop ish. But um, it's like to me, it's like every time something like quote unquote catastrophic happens these days, whatever it is, you know, and it could be a tiny little thing. I'm pretty quick these days, and it's a study. Took a long time to get here to go. What's the opportunity in this? And although this might sound like I was on a plane. I just came back from Europe. And my first leg of my flight, the wing of the plane literally caught on fire um, on an Air Canada flight. They were, oh boy, did they just handle it like geniuses. But that's why I had to name them. Sorry, Air Canada. But um, we ended up emergency landing in Chicago. People on the plane were freaking flipping out. And I'm like, right away, and it's like, I was congratulating myself that I can do this quickly now. I'm like, okay. What positive can come out of this? So I was like able to help people on the plane where, you know, 20 years before I would have been one of those people freaking out. So I think every it may sound nuts to say that if you've been diagnosed with cancer, this might be an opportunity. What if you if you can get your mind there, what could it be? You could be like Bailey down the road. You could be like Amanda down the road and helping tons of people. You could be someone who feels so much stronger now than you ever thought you could be. Anyway, to me, that's one way of looking at it as well. What 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 can this bring? What can it bring myself? What can it bring others? So yeah. just wanted to share that thought. But I really appreciate your guys' answers. And Bailey, what do you what are you up to these days? Like what from someone who has stage four cancer, you seem pretty 
excited about life. I, I, I got your voicemail back when I asked you to be on the podcast. And it was like so happy and so upbeat. I shared it with Amanda. I forwarded it to her. Oh. And, and Amanda was like, oh, my God, she sounds so great. I love people like this. Um, it's like, what, what you're excited. What are you excited about in life these days? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just. I'm sorry to laugh so much. <laughs> that might just be my whole answer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of strange because um, I feel like for the first time in my life, I actually am like looking forward to my future and and I have like an idea for it. Um, when I was like, I remember my, the first time that I ever felt stress and fear was I was four years old. I hadn't even started preschool yet, but I was about to. And I thought this is the beginning of the end of my life, like the the beginning of the life that I don't want. But I think that's coming, um, you know, going through school and then going to college and, you know, finding some kind of career and getting married and having a family. And I didn't want any of that. I just wanted to stay home in my mom mom and dad's bed and like never leave <laughs> but you know as it as it went i went at four years old you were worrying about this that's yeah. amazing <laughs> sorry Go ahead. i'm very special you know i had very bad thinking even from that age um so then you know i crashed and burned when i started college that was horrible um and then I overcame it, but then, and then I was so grateful to, to have life, just to, just to be alive and have my health after that. Um, and for the first five years of survivorship, um, I was, I was so incredibly grateful, but then it was like, um, you know, I, and I found purpose in what I was doing and in my faith and, and, um, coaching people, but, um, still like, I didn't think very far into the future and maybe I still don't, but, um, I, I always felt I, I did things out of obligation. Like I felt like I had to, or I, I did it to, to please other people or even to please God. But, um, and now I, you know, a few years ago, I told you that I had another really difficult, um, time and I felt like I let go and, um, just kind of gave up like living to please anybody, <laughs> um, including God. And so then I felt like I experienced truly the depth of God's love for me and the love that other people had for me, despite feeling pretty worthless and not really putting any effort into my life. Um, and that was um, really amazing. And so now it's been more of um you know, me still having continuing in my relationship with God, but talking more about like, what do I want and living more? Um, I don't, I don't even know. It's hard to describe, but um, I'm looking forward to um, that, you know, the, the marriage and family part and, you know, adventuring and doing more fun, more fun things or things that I find fun that maybe, up like Bailey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Kind of oh like my that. gosh. I'm well, right here, right with you. I, I and, and I, um, 
this opportunity fell into my lap to to care for somebody's dog three nights a week a couple or a few years ago and i was like well i literally can do it i don't know if i really want to but i was like okay let's try it out and then i really enjoyed it and so i do a lot of um caring for people's pets now and walking them and and i find a lot of joy in that <laughs> Bailey, I need you to move to California immediately. I, four, I, know. I have four pit bulls that need a nanny. You're big into the counseling space. So I know, I know that you're also helping a lot of uh, survivors and people that are going through it as well. Can, uh, I want to come back and ask about the dogs, but Amanda knows I'll get completely stuck on that. So <laughs> I think we'll move it ahead for a moment. What are you doing in the counseling space? And can you tell us what that looks like? Yeah, um, I'm doing I'm doing less of it. I'm focusing less on that than maybe ever in the last um, since 2016 when I started. Like, so, what was that seven years ago? Um, but I am becoming more specialized or focused on people who want to do the Gerson therapy um, and or utilize Coley's toxins, um, the treatments that I did when I went to Mexico. So coaching um, on like the nutrition and, you know, a, a lot of people want to know what, what I experienced. And um, so I share my story in that and, and how they can navigate their health journey and get set up for success. Can you tell us a little bit more for the audience sake in particular about Gerson therapy? Sure. The Gerson therapy, it's like, uh, there's, there's a lot that people know about it or, well, people who've heard of Gerson. Um, I've never heard of this before. So I'm okay, about to, so I'll, I'll, I'll I'm about to get educated here. This yeah. is cool. <laughs> okay, great. So it's basically a, a diet and detox regimen to, um, replete nutrients that are deficient in the body and detoxify from all the toxins that have accumulated thus far into your, into your life. The detox is focused on the liver and cleaning the liver and making it as healthy as possible. Um, so the detox is done with coffee enemas, which um, there's certain, um, I forget what you call them. Uh, I wanted to call them nutrients, but you could call them chemicals, I guess, natural chemicals in the coffee bean that stimulate the production. They dilate the bile duct and stimulate the production of bile flow from the liver, which binds to toxins in the body, and then you eliminate it um, you know, in the bathroom into the toilet. Um, and it cleans your blood. It's not really actually so much about cleaning your colon. It's about cleaning the blood in your liver or through your liver. And then the nutrition aspect, there's a like a lot of vegetables. <laughs> so you're juicing a lot of vegetables um, depending on um, the way you approach it. You can do up to 13 fresh vegetable and fruit juices per day. There's green juices, carrot, apple juices, uh, citrus juice. And then there are still three full meals um, that you can have while on the therapy. There's oatmeal. Well, one version is there's oatmeal for breakfast with fruit, and then you have a juice. Um, and then there's Hippocrates soup for lunch and dinner with a potato and other 
of um, raw and cooked vegetables. And then you can have snacks with like- This is know. pretty regimented. Imagine, Amanda, you know about this obviously, yes? Yes, although I didn't follow that precise protocol, I heard about it at a certain point, but essentially, I, I mean, I did the treatment as I've said a few times already, but I put myself on a very, very similar diet as soon as I found out there was something inside me that might be cancer. I didn't even know yet, but I knew there was a growth inside my chest. So I immediately researched nutrition for cancer because I was like, this is the the first thing that I can do in the here and now is to see if there is a better way for me to be eating. And I was already a vegetarian at that time. So I found Chris Wark and like all the carrot juicing. And that's a, as deep as I went into what he talked about. But I started juicing like a quart of carrot juice every day or whatever the actual measurement was. I was having like four tall glasses a day and it was like half an apple. And I think I might've added a tiny bit of ginger, some turmeric. Um, and so I didn't do the coffee enemas, but I did go for colonic uh, a couple times prior to treatment after doing this juicing and raw, mostly raw. It wasn't totally raw, but mostly raw vegan eating. So like, yes, mostly all plants and vegetables. So very, very similar. And what I learned about the carrot juice in particular is that it's very high in beta carotene, which supports the liver detoxification process. So in essence, I was doing something very similar. And by the time I started treatment, because for me that that was in conjunction with, by the time I started treatment, I already felt and looked better compared, it can, according to, sorry, <laughs> words, according to people around me. And uh, yeah, I what I then was researching also was that detoxifying and fasting before treatment is it helps the treatment to be more effective and it can mitigate side effects, which was my experience. After two rounds, it was 87% gone. And I, I experienced very few side effects. Then my you journey just, evolved from there. But yeah, in a nutshell, it was very similar. My biggest question, Amanda, and my biggest question was, why would somebody do this? And and I now I've got questions for both you guys. And of course, as always, I'm going to put you on the spot at the end. So from as lay perspective as possible, and I appreciate all the knowledge and the detail, someone's going into treatment now. They have no knowledge of any of this kind of stuff. They don't have a Bailey or an Amanda around them. They can help guide them through this, but they instinctively know that they need to change their style. What, first of how would they find the right program? And again, in lay terms and succinctly, why would somebody change their McDonald's diet for this? That's either of you who wants to pick that up, please. Bailey, I'll let you answer first, unless you want me to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can go first. Um, well, Rick, the why, like, why would you change this? I, I've always been, uh, had a, an interest in nutrition. I was always reading nutrition labels in high school. Um, and when I was in college, I continue, I actually decided to study nutrition for my major. And um, I, I believed at, you know, at that point that you could reverse type two diabetes with nutrition. Um, but I'd never known that anybody had 
apparently heal from cancer with nutrition. I didn't know it was possible to do that. So then I just, I heard about the Gerson therapy and the success on the therapy, people healing from cancer. And so that's why I did that. You know, so I was taught that, um, it was, it could be a helpful thing, um, to, cause I, I didn't, I didn't attribute any connection between nutrition and cancer up to that point. See, see, um, that's amazing. And it's like, I mean, I, I want to say like facetiously, so this really works. I mean, I, I know that it does, of course, you know, when I was, treatment this is a million years ago so the world hadn't quite evolved yet people's thinking hadn't evolved yet i literally ate mcdonald's through my chemotherapy um that's when i could eat which is pretty rare or jelly bellies i got into jelly bellies somehow and and now the idea of a jelly belly disgusts me but that's a whole different subject um and then in 2013 to 16 when i was sick again not with cancer but with these horrible life-threatening infections um I kept a bottle of scotch in my bedside table at Cedar Sinai Hospital. That that's how I took care of myself. I've never you would think with all the diseases and the craziness I've had in my life, I would have learned my lesson and I haven't. So it's like the the putting putting you guys on the spot is this. I know I need to take care of myself and I don't. At this point in my old life, what should I do like tomorrow to get started? Give us a concrete plan because people out there want to know because a lot of this is esoteric and you guys have the knowledge. You guys know what to do. People like me don't. Where, where do we start? What should we do? Well, I, I'll just chime in with a very, very simple thing to add before we start taking away. Warm lemon water every morning. Okay. This is something that I do every day near religiously occasionally i run out of lemons but it's one thing i really try to make sure i don't run out of and i just take half of a lemon and i don't make it hot water because that can deactivate some of the important enzymes or whatever and then i i heat up my water in the kettle and i pour i squeeze the lemon and i pour half of the mug full of cold, well, room temperature water, really. And then I fill the rest of the way up with the hot water. So it's warm. It sounds like a process. You can start with just hot if you like that, just to get started to keep it simple. But the warm is meant to be best. Okay. But it helps to cleanse the system to clear the body before you start eating anything heavy. At least you've done that. At least you've started your day. It helps to get the, the liver going and everything. So at least you've started your day with something that is bringing in nutrients that is cleansing for your body at the same time. And then it's hydrating. It's adding more liquid to your diet. 98% of the population, I believe, is dehydrated. I yeah. believe the figure is that high. I'm drinking, so, tea, drinking tea with caffeine right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Oh, she just popped back on. Okay. So, so yeah. In the morning, I can do that. Okay. I'm going to do that starting tomorrow. I'm committing to that. Thank you. Lemon water and water in generally, and in, in generally, in general, <laughs> I would say would be the two things to start with and baby steps from there. Okay. Yeah. One thing at a time. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I think, and Bailey, one reason I think this podcast hopefully is or can be important is. There's so much information out there now and people are overwhelmed. And you guys know that even diagnosed with cancer, 
you're are you're way more overwhelmed than the average person is, which is pretty bad in the year 2023 already. I think we can give people takeaways in a really easy to understand and assimilate way or in, to assimilate where they can improve their lives. And Amanda, I appreciate that. Thank you. Because I I like always used to being in charge of everything. And I love when people tell me what to do. It helps. So thank you for that. Yeah. Bailey, I'd love to hear what your your recommendation would be. Well, Rick, like you said, there there is there are so many different avenues a person can take. And um, I've I've done a couple of health coaching courses through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and their recommendation and what, um, you know, works for me and my coaching is, you know, help just asking the person, you know, what, what do you think you can change today? And looking for like low hanging fruit, you know, um, it's, it's nearly common sense that we know processed foods are not good for us and whole fruits and vegetables are, and it's a, it's a process like coaching can last years. <laughs> um, and your health, your health journey should hopefully last years. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still learning and evolving in my own, um, health, uh, and nutrition regimen. So it's, it's not like you have to, you can't figure it all out right away. So just start with, a, you know, one or a few changes and just do what you think, you know, your gut's telling you to do. So on, on like on a scale of one to 10, how good are the crunch berries and Captain Crunch with crunch berries? That's pretty up there. <laughs> um, Taste-wise or health-wise? <laughs> that doesn't count, right? Um <laughs> Now, Amanda, I know on your website, this art called Life, you talk a lot about nutrition. Is that right? There are definitely a bunch of blog posts there. These days, the focus isn't as much nutrition as far as what I talk about. But yeah, there's some information there for sure. Yeah. Bailey, you're what? Bailey, is it baileyobrien.com still? And I'm sorry, I should have known that before we interviewed you today. And do you have much on nutrition on your website? Um, I have what I, what I did personally, um, in 2011 for my nutrition. Um, I have some articles and, and, um, I don't know so much blog posts, but there is some information on there and links to other resources on my website. Cool. Cool. I mean, we're, we're all, for those of us who don't know, we're always looking like for a source to go to, to tell us how we can get started. So folks, this art called life.com that's amanda's site bailey o'brien that's b-a-i-l-e-y-o-b-r-i-e-n.com want to make sure people have that right so you can get in from get expert information from from these two uh very experienced women here appreciate that guys thank you um and then what next so we get started in the morning with lemon water uh <laughs> I'm not, I, I, you know me, Amanda, I always have to oversimplify everything because like many other people, I'm easily confused. Um, Bailey, what, what else, what is like a next step we can take tomorrow to give ourselves better help? Well, um, there are lots of different aspects of health and I mean, health can even be financial health. If you're, you know, stressing over your finances, that's going to affect your physical health as well. There's physical health, like, 
you know, exercise, physical activity, there's emotional health, there's relational health, um, spiritual health, um, mental health. So, you know, whatever is the most important for that person at the time, I think is what they need to focus on. It's different for everyone. Yeah, that's a great point. Like it, the stressors come from different avenues, so it it probably will be a different focus. But what I found to be really powerful, and there's a ton of research on this too, is gratitude, and because that helps to elevate our frequency, and it's the threshold between the lower and the higher emotional states, and everything is frequency, everything is energy, uh, so cultivating a gratitude practice. And sometimes, again, to use that phrase, low hanging fruit, it's a good one. Sometimes we can, it's hard to find things to be grateful for. So we can tune in and just say, I'm really grateful that I woke up alive this morning. I'm really grateful that I am breathing air right now, that my lungs have the capacity to breathe. So sometimes we have to go at to that basic foundational level. I have food to eat. I have a roof over my head. I have somebody in my life to check in on me. And if there are aspects that I just mentioned that you don't have, well, reach out to people because that we need community at the same time. So that I think is a huge part. And then people are so deprived of fresh air and nature and movement. So going for a walk, you don't have to do any crazy hit routines or any expensive exercise programs. Just go for a daily walk that can really shift things a lot. Um, and yeah, walking and gratitude. Again, we're sticking with the low hanging fruit, easy things to do right now. And all those things are free. The lemons might cost you a few cents, but <laughs> those are all free <laughs> otherwise. No, that I think that is like such amazingly good advice. The gratitude practice, especially because, and, and I appreciate you said, because people may not have certain things that you said are helpful. Maybe someone to talk to or even a roof over their head. I've been in all those places where I was mm -hmm. homeless, isolated, drug addicted, all at the same time. And there were times during that when I couldn't find anything to be grateful for. And other times where I could find many things. And the only difference was a shift in mindset. So I, I think that so I want to get really elemental here, and I appreciate that you brought that up. There's always something that we can do. And if you tell yourself, I believe that your mind is powerful enough to conjure up something to set you back in the right direction, you can find a right direction. Um, gratitude is, in, in my mind, probably the most important place to start because we can all do it if we decide to do it. So I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. One, one thing I always advocate for is this may sound really overly simplistic, but if you feel you have nothing else left, this might sound really weird, but I'm going to say it anyway. The first five people you encounter today or tomorrow go out of your way to be really nice to like the really grouchy clerk behind the counter at the gas station or whatever it may be. And no matter precondition yourself that if they don't react the way you want them to, that's okay. Still remain very nice. And it'll blow you away how you feel after being super nice to five people in a row. Someone's going to give it back to you at one point. 
Um, and that that's something to build on when you have nothing else. So I, I always like to advocate for that. I don't know what my point is, but you got me started. So there you well, go. Well, you're, you're giving um, people a reason to, to smile and, and be loving back toward you. Because like you said, we don't know what, what kind of day somebody's having or what situation they're in. If they feel like everyone's mad at them or, you know, they just need someone to be kind to them. I can change their whole day. Yeah, I love that this theme of smiling has actually been running through this conversation because just yesterday, I, somebody said this on something I was tuning into, but I, okay, you know the little dove chocolates? These are not chocolates I normally eat, but <laughs> they were in my vicinity. So I took two and they both had the same message. They have the mess, and I, I have one wrapper sitting Yes, I usually throw them out, but <laughs> smiles are free, so share them. And I got it in both of the chocolates. So I'm like, I love the synchronicity that we're talking about smiling. And sometimes we have to generate our own joy, and then we can pass on that joy, spread joy, find a little joy in our life and, and be the joy because it's... It does make us feel better when we can give that to somebody else. And again, that's free. So <laughs> these are all little things that we can do to make pretty big shifts when you add them all together, actually. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I love Amanda, the chocolates were in your vicinity. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. that's cool. They're not chocolates that I bought. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I think that, that's great advice. You know, this hour has gone by really fast. Bailey, yes. I, I want to kind of wrap up by putting you on the spot again. You ready for this one? I'm ready. All right. So, so how, how many years ago were you first diagnosed? It was 2007. So 15, 16 years. Okay. Going up on 16. Wow. So you're going back to yourself 16 years ago now. Yeah. person that was stressed out and going through all the stuff that you were going through at that time. What does, let's say this person, like you, you're able to clone this person. We have AI or deep fakes or whatever it is. You are now in the room with this Bailey of 16 years ago. What do you say to this person? I would give her a hug and tell her I love her. Um, and um, this is all working for your good. Um, you're going to be okay. And life is not as <laughs> um, difficult or scary as, as you think it is. It doesn't have to be this way. Amen to that. Wow. Um, that feels like a powerful place to wrap, Amanda. What do you think? Yes, I almost don't want to say anything else except for thank you so much for your vulnerability. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful wisdom and your incredible story. It's really been an honor and so much fun. Thank you so much. The privilege is mine, truly. With, with, with all my heart, Bailey, all my best to you and continue, <laughs> continued peace and success on your journey. Thank you so much. I'm so excited and grateful to, to know you and witness all that you guys both are doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Amazing, amazing to see you. And uh, Bailey, 
Uh, BaileyO'Brien.com. Everybody, please make sure to take a look at the amazing work that this incredible person is doing and look forward to uh, continuing to, to be in touch and grow our friendship, Bailey. Amen. Same here, Rick. <laughs> nice yeah. to meet you, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, you as well. <laughs> bye bye, Bailey. Bye. We'll see you soon. See you later. Well, Amanda, wow, I kind of got the chills at the end there. How, how are you feeling about that? Uh, yeah, no, that was great. So she's, yeah, you're still recording. She's off now. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, no, that, I, I liked how that went. I, li I thought that it went well. I liked her story. And then she got really emotional at the end. So I feel like... I feel like that's like when people can express emotion on these things, that's like, I don't, I, the words are failing me right now, but it's compelling for the audience on a level. I totally agree. And I, and I got something in my eye at the end there too. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's like, I, I think that's an important, I don't know what we call these, these episodes or, or whatever, because People, I think, need to be able to relate on, on a very human level. And you know, I think that that Bailey like em, embodies that um, people are going through it these days. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it's not getting it's not getting easier. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get caught up in that. We don't really do that on this podcast or ever do that on this podcast, thankfully. Um, but I, I think that Bailey is like a shining example that you can go through the worst and you can come out. Um, you know, better for it. And to me, that is absolutely the takeaway for, uh, for today's edition. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. A hundred percent. So yeah. Yeah. We're not adding this to the, the, the podcast, are we? Well, we may, we'll see how it goes. Right. Oh, dear. <laughs> we, are, we are still recording. Well, on that note, maybe we should say so long for the evening. Yeah. And uh, we'll come back again very soon yeah. with the next amazing episode of uh, The Cancer Warriors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so good to be with you, as always, my friend. As always, onward and upward. <laughs> Love Have and light. a blessed evening, my friend. <laughs> Bye. All right. We are out. Trying to be out. <laughs> <laughs>